Stream the show on demand at KetchikanRadio.com. Hello, 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 and welcome to the First City Forum, brought to our Providence properties in Southeast Alaska Orthopedics. I'm your host, the one and only Joe Williams, and we have a very special show. But uh, first, we have our Monday phone call with our good friend Dave, Steer- Dave Steeran from the Governor's Office. How you doing, Dave? Happy New Year to you, Joe. Happy New Year, Dave. I'm very excited. There we go. I'm trying to get everything leveled and everything situated. Everything. Oh, it's a New Year. You can you can be just fine. You can screw all, that all it's up. It's all so loud right now. Yeah. Dave, how are you? How was your New Year? Uh, well, you know, once you reach a certain age, you don't go out, <laughs> or or you go to a friend's house and you sort of hunker down there. I'm, I'm sure you were tripping the light, fantastic, uh, hitting every pub in town. Oh, just just a few, but I hit them hard, Dave. I hit them hard. There you go. I'm very impressed. Uh, you know, so over the past uh, 24, 48 hours, uh, we, we've had I mean, just just terrible weather in in South Central. Oh, uh, you God. got about eighteen thousand folks in the valley without power and have for nearly a day. Jeez. Roads have been closed. Uh, we've had uh, strong winds both on the Kenai and and further up north. Fairbanks had snow and then rain and then snow. Uh, you saw Delta Junction. Their one grocery store. Uh, they had so much uh, snow in the roof that there's a partial uh, collapse there. So uh, if if everybody was Wondering, wondering where winter was in Alaska. It, it is the the worst winter for for different freak occurrences all over the place. Um, so we've got state DOT. We've got the guard responding. I believe uh, the Matsu Borough was going to declare a limited disaster uh, wow. just north of the. They lost the A and W root beer and KFC combo store, Joe. Oh no, not the A and W root beer. Are gone. <laughs> You got chicken thighs all over God's creation. Chicken thighs and no root beer. This is a travesty, Dave. What are we going to yeah. do about this? Well, I, I mean, right right now, uh, you've got. You know, my father was a uh, power uh, high voltage lineman for years, in lower forty eight, and worked in rural Alaska for twenty plus years up here. And now you have folks that are in that trade. Remember when people laughed? You know, go to college, otherwise you won't make any money. Well, you got linemen uh, all over the state, from Homer to Fairbanks, trying to get the power back on for folks. Uh, and and so we 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 don't have any updates as to the progress on that. I think folks whose utilities are impacted are far more uh, far more up to date than government on some of those things. We're the last to know. Uh, the other thing that I, I want to uh, really quickly point out, and then I got to get off because I want to hear the readings. Yeah. I hear your next guest. I don't have to steal the thunder, but I really want to listen to the segment after me because I'm just dull government. Uh, there is a story in the Anchorage Daily News uh, regarding the impacts of vacancies in the state of Alaska. I don't know if you saw the story by James Brooks. It came out uh, yesterday. And, and just as a a bit of a side note from someone who's married to an HR professional, and she has been for over two-plus decades, uh, recruiting in a good year is a challenge for any HR department or employer. But across the country, both in government and private sector jobs of all sorts, everybody's hiring. Yes. And and so for folks in Southeast 
to, you know, how come it takes so long to do this? The state of Alaska has vacancies. And depending on the department and the job description and requirement, there may be some remote work options. There may be some flexible scheduling options. But but right now, I'm sure you saw it when you went out on on New Year's Eve. A lot of the places that you frequent, they they may have extra temporary staff or they arm-twisted a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a spouse to come work for a night or so on New Year's Eve. Everybody's looking for help. Mm-hmm. And so if if you're someone that is grumbling about the, the speed of the state services, about the availability of, of this, that, or the other, it, it also applies to grocery stores, to, to food distributors, to hotels. And this is before, of course, we get ready for the spring-summer tourism season in which those companies are, are going to be, if not already, heavily recruiting right now, trying to figure out what their labor pool is. So... There are no magic uh, wand fixes to a shortage of labor. I think part of it is people have to collectively decide that they they want to either try a job or or go back to work or try a a new career. So as as we have more updates on the labor situation, we'll pass that along. But realistically, you got to if if Alaskans want to have better services. Go go to the state of Alaska's webpage because we are indeed hiring. And sign up for a job with those good government benefits. Yes. That's right. That's right. You can work with me and immediately hate your job on day one. <laughs> I love that, Dave. I'm really curious to see how the how the uh, the lack in labor force will affect us when we have a, a relatively normal cruise ship season this year. So it should be interesting. And uh, lastly, Dave, we have a little update on the COVID situation. I'm curious to know, uh, over the holiday, has that affected the number? at all? Well, so I, I think what we decided here on the state with the, the new uh, Decepticon or Omicron variant or whatever it's, <laughs> it's being called nowadays, it, it's easy to spread and it, it doesn't reflect in hospitalizations. We, we have not seen a dramatic uptick in hospitalizations and overall COVID numbers uh, when you account for pooling uh, over the holidays, we've been averaging about 250 to 350 positives a day. Uh, those numbers are probably a bit skewed because uh, the availability of test kits are, are limited. Um, plus, you have the flu season, so folks mm-hmm. are, are staying home with the flu, and it may be uh, COVID. It may just be the flu. That still exists nowadays. But I, I, I think what we've seen in other jurisdictions, like in South Africa, where we believe the Omicron variant started, it, it burns really hot. Uh, it doesn't put a lot of people in the hospital. And then it, it drops right off the table. So our, our hope is this thing burns out by end of January, early February, so that doesn't impede the upcoming cruise season. Well, there we go. Straight from the mouth of the one and only Dave Steeran. Dave, thank you so much for calling in. I look forward to our calls every week. And Happy New Year. I wish a prosperous Happy New Year. I'm going to be listening for the, for the readings now. Got to go. Bye. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> Now, uh, now, Dave was excited to get off of the phone because I'm excited to get on the line with the one and only Jeanette Sweetman. How are you doing, Jeanette? Hey, Joe. I'm great. Now, Jeanette is is a is an an a, an astronomer and a like. What do you call yourself? Not quite. Well, maybe astronomer someday. We'll see. <laughs> I can't quite claim that title. Um, let's see. I'm a practicing. Um, 
astrologer, consulting astrologer, and astrology student. It's all kind of the same thing. Once you start studying astrology, you're really a student for life. Um, but yeah, I practice uh, traditional Hellenistic technique with a combination of some modern and psychological astrology background. For my astro nerds, you'll probably understand that. Um, but yeah, I'm just a time nerd. Calendars are us. I am really, <laughs> really excited. So I had a reading with Jeanette maybe two years ago at this point. Yeah, it sounds about right. About two years back. And really, so she takes your birth date, she takes your birth time and your birth place, and literally she can just lay out your whole life. And the things we talked about, the things she knew about me, just from that information alone, I was impressed and I was floored. So about a week ago, I, I, I contacted Jeanette and I gave her that information again, and she's going to give me a live, what is it called, natal chart reading now correct what, are, what is a natal chart reading the natal well the natal chart kind of like what you're describing we take your uh information of when you were pretty much incarnated onto this old earth of ours um and it's basically a snapshot of the sky and the planetary alignments at your exact time of birth um and because studying astrology, you come to realize, all right, the, the beginning of something, its inception, says everything about its journey through time. Um, so that's basically what we're looking at in the natal chart. We, um, through thousands of years of observation, humans have um, observed the sky and its effects on human human life, events on earth, um, natural occurrences. Um, so yeah, we basically can derive a lot of information about an individual, an event, you know, uh, just about anything from the time it began. So in your case, that's going to be the time you began when you were born. Um, so I am very yeah. excited about what's going on. Now, we, we, we talked a little bit about uh, about first of doing a little bit of a general reading of what's going on right now yes. in the cosmos. Yes, we've got some, well, there's always exciting astrology <laughs> going on. Um, but yeah, we are in the midst right now of a Venus retrograde, which is um, not exceedingly rare, but it happens every one and a half years or so. Um, so Venus, from the perspective on Earth, appears to be moving backwards in the sky. And she's not actually moving backwards. It's just an optical illusion. But because of her close proximity to Earth, she appears to be moving that way. And that's the same as, like, you know, your Mercury retrogrades, which we're about to, let's see, we're in a shadow period now, coming up on a Mercury retrograde here in a week or two. Um, yeah, planets appear to be moving backwards, and we derive significations from that. Um, so, yep, we've got Venus retrograde going on. Um, she's going to be in the sign of Capricorn until March, which is a long time. So we're all going to be getting to know the Capricorn area of our charts very well. That's significant for you, being a Capricorn rising. Um, let's see, we've got Saturn in Aquarius. We're going to be talking about that for you, too, because Saturn return. Um, and then what we're all excited about here in the astrological community is Jupiter has just gone home to the sign of Pisces once again. And why that's significant is because Jupiter is the great benefic. Um, Jupiter benefits what it touches. Jupiter gives us expansion, opportunities, good fortune, good luck. Um, and when Jupiter is in a, its home sign, Pisces, Sagittarius, um, and it also does very well in cancer. It's basic, it's good things are brought to us. Um, 
in bigger ways. It's just, yeah, it's a, <laughs> all the astrologers are very happy to see that happen again. It sounds again. like I'm yeah. getting my million dollars, guys. I'm just very excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no guarantees here, but yeah, I thought we could just go through a quick, very, very quick, like three word forecast for all of the rising signs um, to celebrate Jupiter in Pisces. That being, um, let's see, Jupiter is going to be there for about another, a little shy of a year. Um, so, Shall we, let's just go ahead and run through the, the rising signs. Um, let's see, everyone always starts with Aries, but that makes Pisces wait last. So I'm going to start with, let's just start with Libra. This is totally random. Chaos reigns. Um, all right, so if you know your rising sign, this is just going to be a very, very quick little um, indication of what Jupiter and Pisces might bring for you. So for my Libra risings, this is going to be activating your sixth house of work, health, um, and pets, among some things. So you might be expecting some blessings in your day-to-day -day life, your routines, health, um, or you might even get a cute little pet. Let yeah. me know. <laughs> Next in the line, Scorpio risings. This is going to be affecting your fifth house. That's So that's bringing blessings to your creative life, um, romance, music, performance. Um, so this is a really good time to tap into your creative capabilities and anything that allows you to express yourself. At the Cabaret um, open mic. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, for Sag Risings, this is going to be talking about your house, home, family, roots. So this might be a good time to be connecting with family. You might be on the, you might be moving, um, it to an ideal housing situation. Yeah, this is a good time for all things related to home, housing, and family. For Capricorn Risings, like Joe Williams, this is going to be affecting your third house of siblings, neighbors, oh. community, ceremony. So all the, and even like what we're doing now is very third house because we're, um, the third house can also talk about communication and broadcast. So I am curious too, like when, when did you start doing this um, radio show? Last year. Was it in May, around May? It was, so I took over the forum uh, sometime, I, maybe in May, maybe in May or around that time. I started uh, with at the station in December of 2020, it would have been. Okay. And then I took over the form maybe around May or June. I'm, I'm not sure. Okay. That would, I was just wondering, because we actually had, Jupiter was in Pisces for a short amount of time starting in May. Um, and when did, oh, I don't have the exact numbers pulled up. Anyway, so we had a preview of Jupiter and Pisces um, at that time. So I was just curious because now that Jupiter's return to that sign, I was thinking, oh, that would actually be quite fitting for, you know, a radio broadcast for Capricorn Risings. So um, let's see, Aquarius Risings, this is going to be affecting your finances and money. So this could, we're not, we're not guaranteeing the million dollars, but this, we can think of it as a good time to learn about wise financial decisions to like make good financial choices and come across good financial opportunities. Um, Tesla. Yeah. Pisces Risings, this is great for you. This is your ruling planet back at home. So this is just going, overall, this is just very favorable for my Pisces Risings, my little spacey Jupiterians. Um, so this is good for the body and for just you in general, like as a person and as an ind individual. Aries Risings, this is going to be affecting the 12th house, which is kind of a murky, unusual place. Um, so good time for spiritual reflection in solitude, um, a good time for prayer and possibly even exploring the dream realm. Um, mm. 
which we're going to be touching on, I hope, later, Joe Williams. Yes. Um, For Taurus Risings, this is going to be affecting your social networks, your friends, um, groups of people, community, um, people that share like-minded goals. This is your 11th house, which is uh, one of the best houses in the astrological chart because it's talking about our friends that help us out. (laughs) Um, So great time for Taurus Risings. Uh, Gemini Risings, career. This is going to be affecting public image, good things coming to career, um, long-term goals, uh, projects that you want to get behind as a part of your legacy. So great career time for us little Gemini Risings. I say I'm not one of them, but I'm just, I guess, never mind. (laughs) For you, Gemini Risings. Um, Cancer Risings, this is your ninth house. So that's higher education. Um, spirituality, beliefs, religion. Um, So this is going to be you, this is where our mind, the ninth house is where our mind expands. So this is going to be a great time um, to, for your mind to expand. Um, The ninth house also indicates um, international travel too. So despite these COVID times, you might be finding some opportunities to go abroad or be exposed to cultures that are different from what you immediately know. Um, I love that for our Cancer Risings. Uh, Leo Risings, this is going to be affecting your eighth house of shared resources, um, other people's money. So you might be finding a beneficiary. Is that the right word for that? Someone that supports you financially? Anyway, whatever the word for that is. Something like Joe's that. Thi- something like something that. Like yeah. That. Someone might give you some money. <laughs> um, or you, you would be the, the recipient. Yes, you would be the beneficiary. There we go. Yeah. Um, So good time for Leo Risings as far as um, using resources from other people and uh, generosity from other people. And lastly, for our Virgo Risings, this is your seventh house of relationships, partnerships, marriage. Um, So while it's largely discussed as a marriage house, the seventh house um, where this is happening really talks about just anyone that we have one-on-one partnership with. So that can be business partnerships, best friends. yeah, any any number of those. So that is a really wonderful transit here for our Virgo risings. Yeah, so so I'm I'm really looking forward to this. We had a preview of this in um, May 2021, and interestingly enough, literally I think the day that Jupiter moved into Pisces, which has been long long anticipated by us astrologer nerds, um, was the um, let's see, that was one I think like the the country kind of got a lot of relief from COVID. Um, There was, I think the mask mandate was taken off and things were looking really, really good. So we kind of got a pre I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic based on the um, events of the last time Jupiter was in Pisces for this to bring some good uh, COVID improvements to us. Um, Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's our Jupiter and Pisces. There we go. I'm very excited. And I'm very excited to have Jeanette on the fourth Monday of every month, potentially to do a little bit of this uh, on, on air. She doesn't live here anymore. Now she is from here, but she she has agreed to, uh, to call in uh, from time to time and give us the weather forecast. Yes. Yes. I'm very excited, but let's get down to business. Yes. Very excited. Yes. So the reason for the season, why we're here, we're going to be talking about Joe's chart. So for, let's see. And uh, I just love looking at whenever you open a chart, it's just such a treat. Um, So Joe here has got, I'm looking at my screen, um, Capricorn rising, Aquarius moon, 
and a Virgo sun. If Had you been born like a little bit earlier in the day, you would have been a Leo sun. Um, but you've got a surprise, surprise to anyone that knows Joe as a fabulous performer and all around just very entertaining person to watch <laughs> on stage. We know that he's got those Leo placements. <laughs> um so, yeah, we're going to be talking a little bit about your chart. Joe has, let's see, a lot going on in the first house for my fellow astrology students. You've got Uranus, Lilith, Neptune, Asteroid Juno, and the North Node all in the first house. So we're looking at someone who really can't help but be only themselves all of the time. <laughs> so that's like the only way. Real AF. <laughs> uh, Capricorn rising too. Um, you're ruled by Saturn. Um, so let's see, Capricorn and Saturn, uh, well, you know, as Dave was talking on the phone about the, the cold weather and the extreme weather and all these like harsh things going on, we're in Capricorn season right now. So in the Western hemisphere, uh, Capricorn season and, and the seasons ruled by Saturn, the cold, harsh, restrictive planet. Um, these are seasons of survival and toughing it out and mm -hmm. perseverance, um, the symbol for Capricorn, as you might know, is the goat. And I, I love using this symbolism. I think we talked about this last time we did your reading. But um, you think about goats scaling mountains. If you've seen videos or, like, photos of them, they somehow manage to scale mountains, like, virtually um, horizontal surfaces. Um, they, they survive off very little sustenance, like just licking salt off of like the mm -hmm. cliff sides. Um, but somehow that's what they're adapted to do. And I think that that's reflects really well, the Capricorn archetype as being perseverance through some of the most difficult things that we can think of because you have that, you know, the Capricorn talks about ambition and you think of a mountain symbolically of like, yep, if you're climbing that mountain, you might not have a lot, but you're going to keep going because you have to get to the top. And I, yeah, that's. Yes. Like, and that hits me <laughs> so deeply just because of my upbringing. I grew up very, very poor. I mean, we didn't even have, have a toilet, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so it, it's just, it's, it's the craziest thing just being able just hearing that and, and that sort of correlating there. Mm -hmm. And actually you're ruling. So you're being a Capricorn rising, you're ruled by Saturn. So for reading the chart, we say, all right, what's Saturn doing in the natal chart? And your Saturn is in Aquarius in the second house of finances. Um, so this is actually, this kind of segues into one of the larger topics that we wanted to talk about today, which is the Saturn return, yes. which you're officially, um, the peak of it has passed for you. That would have been about right about a year ago when it was at its most intense. But while Saturn is a, is in Aquarius, which is going to be for what the next year or so, you're still technically going through your Saturn return. Um, so for for people that don't know what that is, the Saturn return happens every 28 to 30 years approximately um, for us um, here on Earth. It takes Saturn about 30 years to come around and make a full revolution um, to a spot where it was. So in your case, we're looking... Um, Oh, sorry, mixed up my thoughts a little bit there. Um, so yeah, it takes about 30 years. And this is a time in our human lives where we observe people to kind of come, go through a coming of age into adulthood. So yeah, you're not considered an adult astrologically until you're, you've completed your Saturn return. And Saturn, of course, like we were talking about, um, the, is a planet of challenges, restrictions, um, 
It, uh, it's the planet of time, but it also rules mastery. Saturn basically doesn't give you anything without a lot of work. And I know that you know that being oh, a Capricorn yes. rising, because this is going to be the story of your life. Um, anyone else ruled by Saturn? Um, so this is a time of immense challenge for some people. Um, it, it really, it can throw them through some of the most difficult things they have been through in their lives. That's not necessarily the case for everyone. Um, some people, it can just also represent kind of coming to the next big chapter in their lives as far as um, wherever that is in their natal chart. So it's not necessarily always a huge struggle. But it's, it's a time where putting in a lot of effort and um, growing up, is it's going to make you face the realities of adulthood and yourself. Yeah, it's, it's a sobering time. Saturn is the planet of sobriety. <laughs> um, yeah. Which is, which is crazy because um, everyone knows I'm, I've always been a big indulger in the lettuce. We'll, we'll, just, we'll just call it that. And I recently had to actually stop. And it's, and it's funny that you say that Saturn... Uh, return gives you some of the most difficult times in your life because my grandmother died in, mm. in May, which I don't know if, if you said something about May just, just a moment ago, but my grandmother died May 30th and that was the most difficult thing I've ever experienced. Mm. And so through that, I was forced into sobriety because indulging uh, gave me insane panic attacks. Mm. So it's funny that you say it is the time of, of sobriety because I've been sober now for almost five months. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's it's a, Saturn is very much concerned with reality. Um, it being the furthest visible planet that you can see with the naked eye um, and, and even having um, its rings around the planet. Um, so uh, the ancients, you know, before we had discovered planets beyond Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, and now we're discovering even more stuff, which is very exciting. Um, it was really considered the limit of our reality because it was the farthest that could be seen um, with the naked eye. So, and we have to just remember that astrology is like, you know, as as a tool, it really does come down to simple observations in nature and correlating that with, you know, events and characteristics of time here on Earth. Um, but anyway, I digress. Um, so, so with uh, with with your Saturn return, Joe, this is happening in, like I said, in your second house, um, which is so it's all about finances. It's all about um, th things of value, resources, your stuff. Um, the second house is about yeah, material resources. So just the one word summation of it is like, that's your money house. Mm -hmm. um, and when I say houses to those of you listening, it's just uh, the, the birth chart is, uh, in case you've never seen one, it's a circle. It's divided into 12 segments. And these just basically represent respective areas of your life. So in this case, we're talking about the money area of your life or yeah, your, your finances. And like you were saying, you grew up, um, you know, Saturn, um, in your second house, you grew up with a lot of restriction in that area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, and that, you know, like Saturn is, Saturn teaches us lessons the hard way. That doesn't mean like sometimes they are really terrible and, you know, we don't feel like we deserve some of these things, but Saturn's going to make you toughen up and Saturn makes you very, that's why Saturn talks about time. Saturn talks about things that stand the test of time. But in order to kind of rise to that occasion, you need to look at reality and you need to, you know, kind of be a grown up. You need to be, you need to be responsible, be held accountable, um, you know, um, 
take a hard look at yourself and what's going on in your life. And so for, for people that haven't done that work, that can come as a big, a big shock and be quite disruptive during their Saturn return. Um, so, but, but I'd say for you looking at your chart, all right, this is a time you happen, you were born during the daytime so that, and you have a, a Saturn in a sign where it's very strong, Aquarius. Um, so this gives you a bit of a, a Saturn advantage. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so there are, yes, according to, you know, people, um, according to ancient astrological practices we've like found in recent years, oh, um, there's a difference between people born during the night and during the day as far as how the Saturn return affects them. Um, so you happen to have a lovely, lovely day chart. You were born while the sun was still out. So Saturn's going to be a little bit easier on you. Um, so I'd say for this time, this is a good time to be think um, to be thinking about money long term because Saturn thinks about things long term. Saturn thinks about consequences um, and that can be a good consequence or a bad consequence. Mm. Um, And, you know, Saturn also ruling time is thinking, all right, let me think about the past. Let me think about the future. How can I make the best decision regarding time kind of as a whole? Um, So, so this is a time when I would say for someone like you, all right, think about what have I learned to this point? Like, what are my lessons regarding money and resources to this point, which you have a lot of, you know, and how can you use that to make decisions that are going to benefit you long term? This is a real, like, whether that's, I don't have a lot of financial vocabulary, but um, whether that's investing, saving, you want to be thinking about things that are going to improve um, that, that might take a really long time that might, you know, work slowly, but are going to grow into something quite solid and substantial over time. That's what I'd recommend. Jeanette, you're speaking my language right now. I was just <laughs> looking at my stock portfolio early this morning. Okay. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I love this. Yeah. Um, let's, and then you, Oh, I lost my train of thought. And, and you know, oh, this is this is what it, you had mentioned that you your um, grandmother passed away, yes. right? And this being really significant, and so that's interesting because you have the um, you've got an Aquarius moon at thirteen degrees. So Saturn is actually like sneaking up on your moon right now, which is not an easy time. Um, but you, um, with Saturn being so close to the natal moon. Um, that does that the moon represents um amongst many things uh, mothers and our maternal lines um so with with that happening in your life i can't it, that is what i think of okay like that was you know an ending to like a matriarch of your family oh, yes. you know oh, yes. and that and that's not that is not an easy time like you can be Something about the the Saturn return and, and that with Saturn going over your moon right now, this only happens every thirty years. So I hope that you live long enough to see the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's you. It can be kind of reassuring knowing, okay, this isn't going to last forever, and this kind of um, this time ha- was kind of inevitable, like to go through an immense challenge. Um, but oh, it yeah. can, it can be isolating too. Saturn talks about isolation, especially in the sign of Aquarius. It's a distant, 
Um, it's an archetype of, of distance and sort of like social isolation, um, which is interesting that we're going through all this now with a lot of social isolation. Um, but it can be, frankly, like it can be depressing. It can be really, really tough because Saturn is quite harsh and our moon, bring the, the moon in astrology, something that brings us kind of comfort and ease and nurturing. Um, so... Yeah, I could, I could imagine this being sort of a time of, of feeling a great deal of like isolation or kind of coldness, you know, from the world. Definitely, yeah. definitely. I think, and I think we, we all kind of feel that way, but mm. it's, it's been something for me for, for, for sure. Just because losing my grandmother is the most significant thing that's ever happened to, really? to me in, in my life. I, in my family, we're all very young. Mm. So um, the, the, the women in my family traditionally would give birth to their first child around 16. Okay. So everyone was really young. I, I was close with my great grandmother. So and, and, and so when she died, that was crazy. And then when my grandmother died, it was just unimaginable because it happened so fast because mm. she died of, of COPD and complications of, of uh, COVID. Mm. So it, it was just, just one of the craziest times of my, of my entire life. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's intense. It's intense. Yeah. That's, yeah. I don't quite have the right words, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a time that's meant to kind of put you through it for, you know, for, for better or for worse. And, um, and what we also kind of find studying the um, Saturn return with people is that oftentimes times of great challenges occurring, but also to, at simultaneously great strides forward. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And have you, I mean, have you been experiencing that? Like, cause oh, you're yes. kind of done with the official, the most intense period, like I was saying. So I'm curious, like, life more opportunities especially in the financial region have kind of been solidifying for you definitely more opportunities have been solidifying you know i've had some investments do well i um i was in nashville in october and i was actually offered a gig there at one of their uh, of their uh more popular bars so a lot of things are sort of happening and it's competitive and too it's, it's yeah. extremely competitive well and, deserved. And, and to walk into that room and to immediately be offered a uh, an opportunity it, it felt cosmic. Yes. It didn't feel normal. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, yeah, the, um, something to consider too with the Saturn return is that the, the rewards given by Saturn are not, it's Saturn's very different from Jupiter and that Jupiter is more of a, a buoyant, happy, gregarious, like la la la, you get a car, you get a car kind of type energy. Saturn, the only way you're going to get rewards for Saturn is if you work for it and put in, effort mm. like Saturn does not give out any free lunches <laughs> so yes. so um the when you're encountering these it feels less like golden opportunities but like something that has been long deserved that you've been putting sustained effort into that's the type of things that Saturn will reward and the rewards that Saturn give are also typical of Saturn they're long lasting and enduring they stand the test of time being the time planet um so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. And then that I'm kind excited. of, yeah. And you mentioning that this was like a, a music you had mentioned before we started talking on air, um, possibly wanting to relocate to Nashville. And now that you say that this was directly related to music, I mean, I know that's like 
that's your thing. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. your thing. Um, Music and just in general, just using my my personality and 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 my light to to bring mm-hmm. to, to bring people joy and mm-hmm. happiness. Yeah, yeah, that's what entertainers do. That's why, especially in times like this, that's why we really need you. <laughs> but um, that that leads me to the the next part of your chart that is oh so exciting, and that's your Leo area. So for so f- I guess I'm the only one looking at the screen. Joe has got a lot of Leo placements in the eighth house, talking about resources, other people's money, um, uh, sh- shared resources. So, so you've got Venus, Mercury, and Jupiter there, which is v- we love to see that because you have both of the benefics. That's Jupiter and Venus, the brightest, prettiest planets. <laughs> um, yeah, you've got th- you have them. They're together. Um, and they're they're actually enclosing your Mercury. So you have one really good planet and another really good planet. And then you have your Mercury right in the middle. And why I love that is I'll explain why. Um, Mercury is the the planet of communication, words, um, <sighs> vocals, the yeah, Mercury is the word planet, the speaking planet and the communication planet has the little wings um i could go on about mercury but because you are a singer um and someone who vocalizes often what i see with with people that have mercury next to venus venus is the planet of beauty pleasure harmony um relating yeah venus is pretty things and beauty um yeah you you see it's really common for people with mercury next to venus they use their voice to make beautiful things whether that's poetry singing music um theater so so I, so your Mercury is in great shape, um, right? It's that. next to yeah, right in between um, the two planets that give us our, the biggest blessings that make our life sweet. That's where your Mercury is hanging out, and it's in it's in the sign of Leo, which talks about. Um, yeah, it's sharing your light, right? Leo is ruled by the sun, which is the the life giver here on planet Earth. Um, and Leo is entertaining. Leo loves drama. Leo's charismatic. Um, all these things that if you know Joe, you're not surprised. <laughs> um, so, so that to tie it all together, to, to use your voice and to use your performance skills to um, to benefit you in the eighth house in astrology speak, that's saying you can make a lot of money using your net, like entertaining skills. And I, th- especially during, because this is, this part of your chart is being activated right now by Saturn, we can expect great challenges in that area, but okay. ones that are worth working through because of the immense rewards, um, as a possibility. So, so I was really excited. I'm really excited to hear that I for you. That. Cause yeah, you, um, just that sustained effort and perseverance is going to be everything right now. Um, and, and you can expect that to, to be something that, that could pay off very handsomely if slowly for the next 30 years or so. I love so, that. Yeah. Thank you. That, Yes. I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that ties a lot of stuff in there. Um, I'm, I'm going to let you con- let you continue on. Okay. Well, let's see. We So we kind of talked about your, your Leo area. Did we? Let's go back to the, the first house. Um, so we were, we were talking before um, we aired about some dream things. And yes. that, 
I would love to talk about that more. Why don't you tell us okay, a little bit? Okay, so this is going to get get kind of woo-woo for uh, some people. But for, for those of us who, uh, who, who know, we know, I've always been a very intense dreamer to the point where I've never had a night's sleep where I didn't dream. Mm. And a lot of the times I'll get messages about things and people and events in, in my dreams. Sometimes I'll see the future in my dreams. I don't know mm-hmm. if anyone out there listening has ever experienced this. I know a lot of people have. I talk to people about this indiv- ind- individually and a lot of people have, have experienced these things. Mm-hmm. And I've had just always just very intense experiences in my dreams. Almost like it's like a whole different side of life where I'm here in, in the daytime and I'm here when I'm awake. But then in my dreams, it's like literally just being alive again and just being somewhere else. It can be exhausting. Yes. Um, so uh, so that's always happened throughout my, my uh, life. And then uh, when I stopped indulging in the lettuce, uh, I, it, even during that time, my dreams never went away, but they weren't as potent. They weren't as intense as they are now that I'm no longer indulging. So now it's back and it's, it feels it's back and more intensely. Uh, so I've started to, to dream journal and I've started to do different things like that. And, and so, yes, dreams for me have always been a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was, so we didn't actually, we talked about this a little bit during our last reading, but um, touching on it now was just really exciting to see because you literally have the dream planet, um, Neptune, really close to your ascendant. So in, in astrology speak, that's saying, all right, this planet is significant for you. And in many ways, like um, you as a person are going to embody qualities of that planet. Um, and I've seen this before with people with Neptune in the first house, um, which is synonymous with saying Neptune on the ascendant. Um that the the dream world is immediately accessible to them. Um, I've seen cases where lucid dreaming just happens naturally that people have been like, I um, was reading a chart for someone a couple years ago and we were talking, this was actually, I was, this was when I was teaching myself to lucid dream. Um, So I had, I had to teach myself to do this, but some people um, just do it naturally. And, And this is where you in the dream state, you realize you are in a dream and things get really weird and you can make things happen. Mm-hmm. You can kind of fly around a y- bit. Yeah. I, I had a crazy lucid dream just the other, like two nights ago where I was flying for like such a long time. And it takes me a while to like, or I don't always stay in that state, but I was able to the other night. It was wild. Longest lucid dreams I've ever had. You know what's really weird is that when I, so I can fly in my dreams, but I had to learn to fly. I couldn't always mm. fly as well as oh, I can fly wow, that's now. that's deep. I, no, it's, <laughs> seriously, like I had to build up my, my flying skills. It took years for yeah. me to learn how to fly consistently, but now I can fly Ooh. anytime I want. Wow. It's, it's really strange. For me, when I first started, it was speaking. I would like try to speak or like yell or or just say something and you know you're using like your kind of conscious brain in the dream it's it's very bizarre for those who haven't experienced it I yeah but I I couldn't vocalize oh, it yes. was very bizarre because I was trying and trying but um yeah lucid dreaming is it's something it's else an experience. it's something else it's yeah. really deep especially if you get Messages and things in, mm. in, in your dreams. You have mm-hmm. those experiences. It, it gets a little crazy. You can make choices. You can do different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and to kind of tie back to like Neptune too, something that I've um, 
notice and that has been observed with this placement with Neptune being really talking about like you and your your physical body and you as a person. This also makes people sensitive. Neptune talks about um, Neptune is very much the opposite of kind of our discussion of Saturn so far. Neptune is imagination. Neptune does not really like reality. Neptune is glamour and illusions um, and talks about the dream state. And Neptune can also talk about substances as a form because Neptune talks about escapism, kind of the same way we can many people escape into daydreams or fantasy or even just their own delusions. We all have them. We all have them. Yeah. Um, You know, Neptune talks about the things that we use to kind of not really be in this dimension. And since Neptune is so personal to you, what I, it's interesting talking about sobriety too, with the Saturn return being a sobering time. Um, it's good to note that with Neptune for you, this can make you just sensitive to anything, your environment, other people's feelings, oh, yes. substances are a really big one. A lot of times, um, so, um, with, with this Neptune placement, you see people being affected really strongly by small quantities of like substance. So a lot of them don't even drink. Um, and I'm not recommending or advising or anything. These are just observations of people that I've read charts for. But just at the end of the day, it's going to make you sensitive to all the stuff in your environment. Yes. Yeah. So it's interesting that kind of that you're... Um, foregoing indulging has kind of brought out this other side of Neptune and bringing you back to the dream world. I love that. And back to like true sensitivity and the sense that if I'm in a room and I'm with people and and if someone there is angry, I will become Mm. angry out Mm. of nowhere. Yeah. Neptune does not do boundaries. (laughs) Neptune's like, we're all one. I'm I'm, (laughs) I'm thinking of this story. I was at dinner with my mother and my sister and I'm at dinner. I'm just sitting there having a great time with my mom and my sister. Then all of a sudden, I just feel furious, Aww. completely furious. And I'm just like, why do I feel this way? Who's angry right right now? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I just feel just intense sorrow, just so much mm. pain and sorrow. And I literally start to cry. And then my sister just bursts out crying. And she's having this whole uh, mm. experience of this whole breakdown. She was going through some things in, in, in her life. And out of nowhere, I was feeling her feelings. And then she finally expressed them. And then I was free. I'm like, okay, thank you. Yeah. Like, handle your own stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Nep- Neptune is porous. Yeah, picks up on on other things. So, so it's it's really important for Neptunians such as yourself to to work on those boundaries. Which you being a Saturnian as well, ruled by Saturn, your Capricorn rising, um, this is going to be something that you naturally have a knack for. Mm-hmm. But of course, these things take time, and you know and experience uh so yeah putting making sure you kind of can differentiate between all right what's mine what's other people's because neptune does not differentiate yeah neptune just lives in a fantasy world where we're we're all connected which is kind of true to a certain point but i like that (laughs) and and i definitely feel that like i'm definitely sensitive and i'm very uh i'd say i have i'm very outreaching but i can also Mm. be 
a little cold and and and, and Aquarius like moon. yeah like when it's time <laughs> for to cut it off we can yeah. cut it off and then that, that's and that's good yeah yeah and and that's your Saturn speaking up because you do have that you've got the Aquarius moon um, and the moon being um, representative to of our emotional nature what you notice with a lot of Aquarius moons Aquarius being a sign like we were talking earlier ruled by Saturn talks about um, detachment social op it's aquarius energy is very interested in like humans and people and patterns and um social uh culture and like all these things it's very intellectual but aquarius does this by detaching and looking at things from an outside view yes. there's a coldness to it so so you notice with a lot of aquarius moons kind of like a way to to handle emotions to cope is to really just sort of detach yourself and observe and be y'all can handle your stuff very rationally <laughs> you I know? always say that I look at the world through the lens of like an animal planet documentary <laughs> <laughs> so, it's like let me what, see what this is very interesting let's see what these people are doing yeah 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 I'm someone with uh I also have prominent Aquarius placements and I just noticed myself saying, wow, look at humans doing this. Look at humans doing that. And then like, I have to remind myself, oh yeah, I'm a human I'm a too. Human too. <gasps> yeah. You, okay. Okay. Do you ever have moments where you're walking around and you're like, and then you just notice there are a bunch of people out there and then you're like, oh my God, where do we come from? Like, where, where did all these people, why do we, what's going on here? I find that happens to me a lot. Yeah. 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 It's. Life's weird. It's deep. I think we're almost <laughs> out of time. Oh, this just flew by. We're almost out of time. But yeah. so uh, Jeanette and I are going to do a little bit more of a, of a reading off the air. But I want to thank you guys for tuning in to the First City Farm. Jeanette, where can we find you? Okay. Well, I'm kind of, I'm a little bit uh, on a social media hiatus right yes. now. But I have reactivated my astrology Instagram. So you can find me at Saturn, San is it Saturn underscore sandwich? Hold on. Oh, I don't have internet. Um. Anyway, it's, I think it is Saturn underscore sandwich. I should know this. I've been off Instagram for like over a year. You can message me on there. Like if you're interested in a reading, I'm not guaranteeing I'm going to reply right away or see it, but I will eventually see it. You can contact me there or you can go to my website, which is my art website, um, JeanetteSweetman.com. That's J-E-A-N-E-T-T-E-S-W-E-E-T-M-A-N.com. Um, and there's a little contact form. So I'm hoping to get more on social media now that Jupiter is back in Pisces. I've got some plans, hoping to make rekindle my internet presence a little bit more. Um, or you can just bug Joe. Yeah. <laughs> bug me and I will connect you. That is JeanetteSweetman.com where you can uh, 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 book a reading or purchase some of Jeanette Sweetman's fabulous artwork because for those who don't know, Jeanette Sweetman is also a fantastic artist with stickers and all kinds of merchandise out there. Uh, you can find them at various stores, Catch a Can Dry Goods mm -hmm. and, and amongst other places. Yeah. Um, Jeanette, thank you so much for coming thank in. Thank you. And thank you all for tuning in to the First City Forum brought to you by Providence Properties in Southeast Alaska Orthopedics. I'm going to finish my reading. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get into, into the dark stuff. You guys don't need to hear this. Uh, but but I will... I will hear you. I will see you tomorrow uh, when we have Art Talk with Liza Lee. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.